Blog Talk Radio. special edition of Mike and Mike at Night here on Talk Radio 490 or Talk Radio 49, however you want to look at it on the big board. We are joined as usual by Mr. Mike Pettis. Mike, how are you doing today, my friend? Come be better, my man Hicks. Glad to be here, brother. Absolutely. We are looking at an NFL season that's had referee stumbles, NFL bumbles, Ezekiel Elliott being suspended. The latest coming out of New England, though, that the, what, the one of the most revered defensive uh, people for the Pittsburgh Steelers has now jumped the shark, jumped the ship. And honestly, Mike, my whole take on this is if Steeler fans and the Steeler organization wants to get pissed off because James Harrison went over to New England, then you should have done whatever it took to keep him on that roster. You let him go, he went to a winner. Just like you said in the break, Dude, there's people that leave McDonald's to go to Burger King. So, Steeler fans, stop getting your panties all up at your butt crack because James Harrison is now a New England Patriot. Yeah, Brad, I agree with you, man. I mean, it's a business. It's hard to tell this, you know, perennial all-pro, hey, don't join a team that could possibly hoist the six-nobody trophy. So, (laughs) how I look at it is this man trying to get a job, he also joined a contender, let's face it. And just think about it, Brad. He probably wants to add a little salt in the wound of the Patriots, organ- I mean the Pittsburgh organization, still an organization, for releasing him at a time where you need all your pieces, man. Let's face it. It was a bad move. It was a bad move. I think, I mean, see that, and, and Michael being your, obviously, your, your Steeler homer, is talking about his age. Of course. First of all, the dude is 39 <laughs> years old, and he's built like a brick shit house. That oh, dude is, I mean, it, oh, yeah. I am 39 years old. It doesn't matter if he got beat out by a rookie. The fact of the matter is is that, and, and it's a known fact, inside that organization there's been a rift for a long time because James Harrison said the only reason that he even signed another contract or stayed with the Pittsburgh Steelers was because of playing time. And then when you don't give him playing time, he just picked his ball up and went over to the other side of the yard. And he didn't drop it. You can't it. blame the guy. You, you know what I'm saying, Mike? He did not drop the ball like, uh, what's his name? What's his name, Mike? Who is that? Jesse James? Yeah, Jesse James the Steeler dropped it like Jesse James the bike builder <laughs> did with Sandra Bullock, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, yeah, the guy did nothing wrong, man. I mean, he just he joined another team that could possibly win a championship. So here's <laughs> how here's that. how this lays out. 
like in a perfect world for me because I don't know. All of a sudden now, because I'm a, a 49ers fan, let's just get that out of the way. Woo! Let's uh, go because of that. Hell yeah. Because of that right here, this is how I want to see this play out. I want to see in Foxborough, I want to see the snow coming down, and I yeah. want to see it come down to James Harrison making a tackle, like for a fumble that creates a turnover that ensures that the New England Patriots go on to win their sixth Super Bowl and tie the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then I want James Harrison to go over and slap the shit out of every single Pittsburgh player <laughs> on that field. That's how it happens. I doubt they have it, Brad, but, yeah, it'll be nice to see him, uh, you know, face his old team and kind of rub it in their face that they made a mistake. But think about the timing. You lose a perennial all-pro in Ryan Shazier. You got the luxury of having a James Harrison in the locker room, mentoring players on the bench. He's never caused a problem. He's never publicly rumbled about playing time. We know he wants playing time. Let's get out of here. We understand that. But he's been a good pro and a good teammate. So why would you release this guy? At this time, that may come back to haunt them. It may come back to haunt them. No, and, and, and Mike, I want your opinion on this. Me and Michael have been talking about this as well. You know, he was talking about James Harrison being old and it's okay for him to go. And I brought up the whole fact about, and I know you're a Los uh, Angeles Laker fan too, so you may not take this the same way or may take the same way that Michael takes this. But I told, I told Michael that I kind of attribute this move um, actually, they let him go, but you cannot de- defend the Kobe Bryant situation in Los Angeles the last two years when, when Kobe took $50 million from that organization, knowing there wasn't going to be a championship. Now, Michael says that you, know, that you owe the guy something. I feel like if you're a Steeler fan, you owe James Harrison something to a degree. Whether he's been a Bengal or a Raven for one year, he's still known for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, to me, equating that back to the Los Angeles Lakers was, to me, I think Kobe should have walked away. He didn't need the money, and he took fifty million dollars in a roster spot from that organization. And, and that's the, the the thing I was telling Michael. You can't have one without the other in that situation. To me, you know, Mike. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I personally feel like James Harrison did nothing wrong. I mean, you know, this guy's thirty nine years old, and, and he's an athlete. Oh, he he definitely did nothing wrong, but splitting hairs here, you know, in a Kobe situation. A business in a in a business sense and a business aspect, yeah. Take the money for the organization and run, get what you can. But in the aspect of, you know, giving back to your team, building, you know, um, just kind of paying it forward and mentor the young. Maybe he shouldn't have took that money. So yeah, you're right in a sense. But you cannot compare the situation with the James Harrison situation. I mean, well, the Vegas well, the Lakers wasn't even contending. Well, no, what it was was what what it was. What came out of that conversation, though, Mike, was that that uh, he said, "Yeah, James Harrison's a broken down old ass man," and I said, oh, "Kobe no, man, was kind of a broken down uh-huh. old ass dude by the time yeah. he got that fifty million oh, yeah. dollars." Oh yeah, yeah, Kobe was beat up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was a lot more. Put it like this: uh, the the best physically fit specimen in sports is James Harrison. We get that, Brad. We understand that. Yeah. I don't even know if Mike understands that, being a Steelers fan. This dude is like the Superman of, you know, of, of sports. I mean, he's 
He's benching what, Brad? Help me out. He's sitting oh, there going up, uh, like, 500 pounds. To sit, I mean, he's a Mike, what, Mike, what is James, James Harrison bench? What is James Harrison bench? Well, we need to Google this because I'm watching him do butter cur- butterfly curls on uh, the uh, dumbbells, and I think he had 150 in each hand. Retarded. Yeah, you know, if, if, if there's a Marvel comic hero, you know, in our presence, it's him. So let's get that crap out of the way that he's old, beat up, can't play out of shape because guess what, Mike? He wouldn't still be on a 53 Mike. Brad, you get it. He wouldn't be on a 53-man yeah. roster if he wasn't, man. Let's get that out of the way because you got a lot of people fighting for position. This guy well, can still okay, play. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to walk up to Dan Hampton, and I'm probably going to make fun of the dude. I'm not walking up to James Harrison and making fun of the dude. I'm going to ask him <laughs> oh, what he no, wants no, no, and no. how I can serve it to him. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't crazy. <laughs> so here's here's the question that I want to ask. After, okay, we've played 16 games in the NFL season. I know right. y'all had some talking points, but the talking point that I want to bring up is this. Who's had the most epic flop? In the NFL this season, I don't say Tampa you Bay, said, and this is why I don't say Tampa I, Bay. You have to say you. You have to say Tampa Bay. You have to. I can't say Tampa you Bay. You have to. No, I can't. I got you. you, know, you here's who I want to say, and it's not because my girlfriend is a huge Cowboys fan, but I believe that the biggest <laughs> epic flop in the entire NFL this year has been the Dallas Cowboys. You can't go yeah, to a football team. That's true. To not even play. I, I get it. They're not even play in the in the playoffs with Ezekiel Elliott, even though he was suspended for six games. You have Dak Prescott, the super sensation, who obviously we guess hit the sophomore slide. You've got Des Bryant, True. arguably probably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL today. I don't care what you True. look at. I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown, but Des Bryant. Dude, Pittsburgh would be licking the taint of everybody in the world to get Des Bryant over Juju Smith. Juju. Mike, okay, I got a question for you. In in, in, a, in a draft, do you take Juju or do you take Dez Bryant? Prior to Juju's breakout, you probably would have took Dez Bryant. I mean, we're being honest. Now, you can't gauge, you know, you can't gauge. That's just like, you know, playing the lottery and then they show the number and you're like, oh, yeah, I should have picked that. You can't, you know. But no, but I mean, I'm saying, Dez I would Bryant take most Bryant. likely now. Now, post what he's shown us, you know, what he's shown us in this last half season, yeah, you could say Juju Smith, but, yeah, you would say Dez Bryant initially, man. Come on, Dez Bryant's yeah, a bigger mean, name, place for the – yeah, you you would probably say Dez Bryant. I hope I clarified I mean, it, that. Because Mike's it's like, a, no way, man. You know? Dude, Michael, if they wheeled out Christopher freaking Reeves for the Steelers uniform, you'd pick him. We get it. Exactly. See, that's what we have to get out the way, man. It doesn't matter. It does not <laughs> matter. God rest his soul. He is still I mean, to the heart. Look, dude, you could pull, uh, I don't know, dude, whoever, and it doesn't matter. Stephen Hawking's wore a freaking Steelers jersey. <laughs> you would pick him in any draft, dude. We get it. Right. It's okay, bro. Yeah. So I guess, Mike, we've got y'all's favorite caller, uh, the guy from Jersey, as Mike has had me to, to call him. What's going on, man? Uh, well, we are waiting. So if you if you if you if you catch a line, hit us up. So Mike, I've got to know something. 
out of the four college football teams that are set to play in the playoffs, break yes, me down one through four. Uh, how you think they'll in, uh, they'll they'll finish? I've got here's what I've got. Okay. Go for number it. one. I hate to say this, but Alabama. And I say Alabama because number one, I do not want to play Alabama after that embarrassing performance no, that they've had to stew about since Auburn. Not at all. And not a two-month waiting period for Nick Saban to game plan either. Ugh. No. I'm going to go number two. I'm going to go ahead and say Oklahoma. Nope. I've got to go Oklahoma. I, I think what – now, now, speaking of Oklahoma, what I'm going to find interesting is they're talking about this transition between the new coach and Bob Stoops. Now, is this guy living off the dreams of Bob Stoops? I really want to see what this guy can do with his own players in there, but obviously he has not wrecked the, the uh, Ferrari yet. And then yep, it's, it's impressive because we've seen coaches wreck them we, in recent history. We've seen it happen. We have. And then, and uh, then John third, L. Smith, I mean, we've seen it happen. Whoa. <laughs> hey, you don't talk about mean, John L. Smith. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to curse y'all like that. History. I don't mean to curse you guys like that, but I had to throw it out there. But we've seen, we've seen people wreck, you know, wreck the $250,000 car. We have. Only in Arkansas can <laughs> we watch a motorcycle wreck and a Ferrari wreck all at the same time. That's devastating to push a program back 10 years. You're right. <laughs> and then third, based on performance, I'm going to actually say that Georgia looks better than Clemson does in their prospective games. That's just my opinion. I think Georgia gives Oklahoma a better game than you think. Ooh. I mean. So you're saying, you're saying Alabama gets Clemson and Oklahoma Georgia yeah, beats Oklahoma. I say that Alabama walks all over Clemson. It's not even close. Not even close. Uh, I'm telling you. I, that's not even a prediction. About, that's a fact. My thing about Clemson, man, I, I want to see what Kelly Bryant made of. I know he's talented, but you got to remember, man, it took a Herculean effort by Deshaun Watson to even have a chance to beat him. So that what that lets us know is – the quarterback is going to have to have the game of his life. You know what I mean? Well, and that, and he, the he, fact he, that you just what, pissed off, the you, you've of given that? the incentive. I mean, oh yeah, if you've had an unmotivated Alabama team, or not unmotivated, obviously Nick Saban wants to collect as many uh, trophies as he can. But now you've got a team oh, yeah. that that has seen a quarterback, has seen an offensive scheme. I Auburn's offense is close to Clemson's. Um, if maybe not a little bit better, possibly. Um, does it matter, dude? It doesn't matter. First of all, Alabama's going to beat the ever the brakes off of Clemson. They're pissed. The best way you want is for Alabama to have beaten Georgia in the in the SEC championship game. That's the best thing you want. Yep. That's obviously the best thing you want. Yeah, they've been waiting around stewing and just you know licking their chops for a chance to get back on the gridiron and prove that <laughs> that wasn't a, you know, that was just a bump in the road against all because they were physically whipped. And let's face it, man, they were out of sync. They wasn't Alabama. Even the most non-Crimson Tide fan could contest for that. It wasn't a normal Alabama team. You've seen, you've seen a lot of mistakes. You've seen a lot of mental errors. You know, you've seen, 
You've seen penalties. You know, you've seen them looking like the deer in the headlight look. You don't see that from Alabama. So I would want to play them. It's, you know, I really would. Now, Oklahoma, man, I just think they got the if factor. Georgia scares me because they're so anemic when it comes to scoring at times. But, you know, um, their head coach is going to scheme. Kirby Smart is a great head coach. He's going to scheme to keep Baker Mayfield off the field. That's their best chance, man, to get Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb going and kind of ball control, you know, game plan because you can't get no rat race for Oklahoma, man. It's going to be problems because they're going to score. They're going to score points, unfortunately. Yeah, well. So, I mean, yeah, That's what they're going to score points. The, the problem that I you see know. in all of this, though, is that I think Georgia's got a good defense. I'll give you that. But I don't know if they can stop Baker Mayfield. That's the problem. Yeah, but the thing is, exactly is I, think, thinking, I think, seriously, I think 14, 13-point win is, is, is respectable for Georgia. Because I just don't – I think Oklahoma's in a, a different league now – when we get to the national championship yeah. game, Alabama Oklahoma is going to be interesting, if that's what happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I'm. I, I, you always, you always know. You know, even in this era, man, we see all this spread, high octane NASCAR offense. When they come to championship game, man, you still got to lean towards defense because let's remember when you talk about Alabama. We can pick seven people that's going to be in the draft next year easily, easily. And I may be understating so, it, you know. So you got to go with defense. So you got to give Alabama that I hate to say it, even being an SEC homer, but you probably got to get Alabama to nod in the championship game with the experienced quarterback. And is if I'm not mistaken, has there only been one Heisman Trophy winner that's won a national title? Is there just one? Like recently, one, like within was, the BCS playoff era? Was it the dude from was it the dude from Oklahoma? Was it the, the was white it, it was Sean what? It was, was, it, was it Jason it, White? It wasn't Cam was it Cam didn't win it, did he? Yes he did. Did Matt Lyon Cam win it that win. year or did that is that the year that Texas beat him? Okay. I think that's the year Texas beat him. I don't think no, I'd, have Reggie, to, Reggie Bush, I'd have to look that up. Reggie Bush won it that year, right? The Texas beat them because they took it, right? Yes. I can't yes. remember, man. It's all bunched up. but He put that in that home that was rented by his mother for 250000 Right. How that happened. That USC, that USC had nothing to do with him going to school. No. That was because she was gainfully employed at Home Depot. Exactly. We, we right. know that. <laughs> Jameis Winston? Oh, that's right. Jameis Winston beat beat uh, Gus Malazan. And no, they so, Leinert, uh, Ingram, Newton, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. So, it had to be Newton. No, it yeah. had to be Winston. So, J- Jameis Winston was the last they one They got whipped one year. That, they got whipped one year. I can't recall. I think he, I think he did win a national championship in the Heisman the same year. It was such It'd a be void between the last time, but that's tough. That's tough to do, man. It, it would be, but I doubt he's seen a uh, – the beauty is 
I guess the blessing or curse, whatever you look at it, he's going to face a – if he gets to Alabama, obviously he went to an SEC defense, right? So that's going to kind of help with the speed and the physicality, man. But it's a little bit different beast than the uh, Big 12 because you got size and speed in SEC. And, you so know, the interesting thing – defense in championship game. And they're going to be beat up. Georgia going to beat them up. They're going to be physical with them. And, see, that's another thing we got to think about. Oof. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, another thing you got to put in perspective, if you go from the Oklahoma side of things, is that how impressive has Baker Mayfield been being the first walk-on to ever win a Heisman? Dude, that is that is unheard of. How do you think old uh, Matthew McConaughey, I mean, <laughs> what's his name? Texas Tech head coach. Oh, uh the stage and tour with Britt Bielema. Who? Oh, uh, oh got the tip of my tongue. Cliff Kingsbury. He played court. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. How you think he feel right now? Pissed. But who cares? Damn. Idiot. Who cares? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of water on <laughs> the bridge. Who cares? But he's a great player, man. Let's face it. He, he's, a, he's a great Speaking player, man. Of... Let's face it. Not trying to sway subjects, but speaking of that, let me go ahead and make a prediction. This Friday, this Friday, everybody in the state of Arkansas, pay attention and watch the A&M game as you are going to be watching your next defensive coordinator at the University of Arkansas, John Chavis. You, man, it, it it it's a it, it's a positive in anything, and I know people grumbling. He's too old. He can't recruit. Man, the guy has experience in the SEC. You know, he can recruit well enough. You know, get to get a formula defense. You get the right players in the right positions. I think he'll be fine. You just can't go off this guy's age, and you know the 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 the. the the, the myth that he can't do this, he can't do that. He's a household name. He has experience scheming. He has experience scheming against these top-notch coach, top coaches in the SEC. So we need to give him a chance. And what I want to remind all these Hawk fans is, they're like, well, hey, his defense was just 60th. We relied 210 out of 132 teams. <laughs> so give me well, a let break, me, man. I mean, you, you hold I up. I mean, if you, you go, know. hey, Mike. You go look at go anybody. It's 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 Googleable. Everything's Googleable. But this is you can look it up. If you know what I'm saying, you can look it up. Texas A&M before John Chavis got there, 102. I think they were 80th, okay. 50th, and 60th okay. total defense respectively when he got there. So he shows okay. improvement. The the knock on John Chavis, in my opinion, is is that he is he's great when he goes up against teams like Alabama, pro form type offenses, pro style type offenses. The thing that I see John Chavis struggle against the most is when you spread it out wide and you mix the ball around the field in a non-traditional style. Now, maybe, and that's what gets me, but this is the knock on, this is the knock that I give Chavis as well, is that he's had some really high caliber defensive players. At Texas yeah, that's my problem. That, that, that's what scares me when you got that top tier talent and you're still not, you know, taking it over the top, so to speak, in that top 10-ish, top 15-ish consistently in the country every year. So that does scare me, man. But 
I just got to think that he does scheme well against the against the big teams. I mean, against the top tier teams. So, what that tells me is he has to assemble a great staff and trust his coaches too. Because let's face it, Brad, you got to be able to adjust any way you have it. Because teams like to speed teams up. One weakness Arkansas has had in in, in the recent past is. When teams speed us up, we're out of position, we're not prepared on top of, you know, sometimes not having the best athletes or the best depth, at least be prepared and know what's coming. You know what I mean? And know where to be. You can cut down your mistakes and and too much thinking because you think you're beat. It has to be instinctive. So, you know, it ain't going to be great, man. We still going to have some of the same athletes. And we can put this all together, so to speak. Put the experience with the John Chavis. Put the good, the, the good coordinators together. Put a better athlete on the field and slowly, gradually see improvement. You see what I mean? Because it's not going to happen overnight. It's still going to be a, a a mediocre defense next year, at best, maybe opportunistic. So it's not going to happen overnight. And Brett Venables leaves Clemson, which he's not, and come to Arkansas. That defense still probably won't be in the top fifty next year. You see where I'm going with it? So they got to yeah. get this guy a chance, I mean, you man. have to. To be to be successful in in any form of football uh, on in college or, or NFL in the pro, I think you have to bring a defense that attacks from anywhere and everywhere on the field. Whether you sneak safeties up the middle on a blitz, or you bring your corners into what looks to be man to man coverage, but then you slide them through the outside for a blitz, or maybe bring your linebackers up. You know, you have to come at it. You have to be aggressive. But you also have to be smart and stay home and contain with the dual yes. threat quarterback. Now. I think that's the thing yes. That, yes. that these old school defensive coordinators get into is they don't know how oh, yes. to, the to handle yeah. the quarterback. The edge. Yes, yes. You see, that's a beautiful thing, too. You bring back the old school fundamentals, man. What's what's one big thing we got tired of looking up in the bit, Brett Bielema? You got your cornerback playing 16 yards. Off a six four two hundred thirty pound speedster, I get the fact he don't want to get beat deep, but he's gonna bring a whole other physical tally to it. We're gonna be in your face, and we're gonna be scared to bring pressure, especially playing with the lead, because in this new era, they're gonna be more often than not playing with the lead, so we can take more chances. You have to, you have to, you can't sit back and get the hell beat out of you, because that's what's gonna happen. No. You can't. So you yeah, not at all. No, not at all. Hey, I've got to ask uh, anybody out there listening. Uh, I don't know if our caller's back with us or not, but the big news out of the NFL so far this week, not only the James Harrison story, but the big story of out of all of it is that uh, the man who made professional wrestling what it is today is now looking not to get back into the XFL, but the NFL and is looking to buy the Carolina Panthers, and that is one Vincent K. McMahon. He will. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, dude, I, I, I mean, look, dude, I'm, I love Thanks. it, dude. I hope he comes out and he brings the freaking Titantron. I want to see yes. the Undertaker-type shit when the Carolina Panthers yes. come out. <laughs> yes. I want to see, dude, I'm serious. I want to see you, you, you uh, money said, in the bank Brad. shit hanging from the goalpost, ladders, let's do it. 
Brad, if the if the NFL is trying if the NFL is trying to shake this 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 title or this cloud of being a no fun league, they'll visit that man because guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna make it exciting. He's gonna bring viewership. He's gonna have these networks licking their chops to resign because these big deals are about to end not too long, man. So the NFL gonna have to figure it out. So that'll be a good shot in the arm to me because it's gonna be exciting, like you said. Think about it. Think about the pre-game but, show. But yeah, I mean Rick Flair as the head coach. That would be awesome. Just a one press conference with <laughs> Rick Flair is all I want. Woo, baby. Just give me one, man. But yeah, they need to visit that in. We know he has the money in in, in in the pooling and definitely the star power, man. That's what we got to think about, too. He has the star power. That's what they want. So don't be shocked if that gains momentum. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the money. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, you know, they go, you know, he's like the, yeah, that's like seeing Warren Buffett is, you know. Can you imagine Jerry the King Waller and Jim Ross doing a doing a play by play? That would be amazing. Oh man, that'll be sweet. That'll be sweet. As long as is <laughs> uh, well, no, the cheerleaders are too old for Jerry, but yeah, we don't want to kill him. So maybe they got kids. <laughs> we don't want them to have so, a massive heart attack. But yeah, that'd be cool. So the so the brawny man over here, Mike. I'm telling you right now, Mike, you've got to see what Michael's wearing right now. He's got. A flannel jacket on. The sleeves are busted out of it, dude. And it's look, go get you a roll of brawny towels, and minus maybe a the sex appeal of the brawny guy being built and all. You got Michael Carney. I was gonna say Joe Dirt if you give him a mullet. <laughs> you give him a mullet, we will say Joe Dirt too. But it's all right. Yeah, it's all right, Carnahan. Dude, Mike, I never even look. I've never even noticed this, but Mike Carnahan has the biggest Adam's apple ever. Dude's got a. He doesn't even have an hey. Adam's apple. He's got an Adam's hey. orchard in his freaking neck, dude. dude. That's why he's made for the. That's why he's made for this job, man. <laughs> Taylor made. Taylor made. He was telling me that I guess the NBA has come out now and said that there were some <laughs> some crucial calls that were missed uh, that oh. Kevin Durant fouled, fouled LeBron James good. late in that game. Night. I don't know what good that does now to come out, but does it? I, that, I, I hate that. Oh, we reprimand you. I mean, so do we get to play like two minutes of the game over? You know, thanks. It adds salt to the wound, you know, if you will. So that does them no good. That's crap. No. I mean, to to come out and say that, I mean, we all know, and you're not ever going to find that 100% efficiency proficiency in the NFL, NBA with human referees. I think you get what you get. And I heard arguments yeah, you after take the. Human the out of it, it's, it's huge. I think your Adam's apple could coach somewhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Alabama will be playing Clemson in the Michael Carnahan Adam's Apple Bowl. Brought to you by City City Bank Visa Card and that shit Samuel L. Jackson does. 
What's in your wallet? Well, yeah, you can't take human element out of it, man. So they have a no. hard job, yeah, but you just look for some consistency, man. Only 50 million people seen that that was a foul, so it's hard to see that they did. So, yeah, you know, thanks for the call, non-call, you know, three, four days later. Thanks. We knew that was a foul, but that really didn't well, decide Mike, the man, game. Hey, Mike, know. I'm going um, to go ahead and jump off here for a little bit, and uh, I'm going to give the show back to Mike. Whatever, dude. All right, buddy. I'm scared that his Adam's apple is going to come out and whip my ass. <laughs> Leave him alone. I'm telling man. you, I'm taking a picture and putting him on Facebook. You ought to see it. It's great. Yeah, I'll Leave send you the brownie pic that I've got too, Mike. All right. Well, what's up, guys? I'm back here after having my show hijacked by one Mr. <laughs> Brad Hicks here tonight. What did you do to but, this guy, man? He was ragging you. <laughs> I, I know, right? Like, I'm trying to figure out what I did to deserve this. This is some bullshit. <laughs> but, Mike, right now, I got to, I gotta while we're on the NBA subject, I got to talk about the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. We've kind of ragged on them a little bit on this show. But over the past week, Oklahoma City has turned from pretender to really a contender. I mean, they just knocked off Houston on Christmas Day. A very impressive win, and it seems like, the Thunder's finally gelling together. Yeah, Mike, what I was impressed with is not so much the offensive uh, outburst by Carmelo. We know that he's a um, top-tier scorer in the league. He has been for years, a uh, future Hall of Famer. We know he's capable of that any night, which any of the big three are. I was impressed how they defended, how they defended the paint, how they defended uh, the perimeter. Um, that's what Oklahoma's bell cow be. They could get very far if they all decide to defend. They have enough people to fill the basket up. They just have to defend on they have to defend nightly and they'll be they'll see success. I completely agree with this. And I mean you know, you're talking about the Raptors tonight are uh are actually uh playing the Toronto Raptors and I'm gonna get your score here in a minute as my phone slowly loads here. I'm going to get you a score on that game. But right now, I mean, it's looking pretty good there in Oklahoma City. You got to feel pretty good about how everything's going as far as that's, as far as that works with the, uh, with the playoffs, you know, only about a six months away. I realize it's a long season and you have to let these guys mesh together, but I mean, there for a while, it was actually looking pretty. It, it was looking pretty bad for the Oklahoma City Thunder because they weren't gelling, and it almost looked like the uh, Dwight Howard situation. And it almost looked like the Dwight Howard situation the year he was in Los Angeles, where there was absolutely no gelling going on, and it was just a problem. And actually, right now in the third, the uh, Thunder, and of course I lose my spot here. The Thunder is beating the Toronto Raptors 66-63. So, I mean, you win some, you lose some with the with the Thunder because you'd think the Thunder would come out tonight based on what they did Monday night and just completely run the court off, run the court with the Raptors. Yeah, Mike, but you got to remember, we're talking about the best athletes in the world, so you have to come in with the mentality to compete night in and night out. You can't take nights off, and let's face it, some of these guys do. So that's why you wonder, like, ah, they just beat, you know. You'll see a team, let's pick on the team. You'll see Orlando beat 
Cleveland one night, <laughs> and the next night, you know, they'll lose by 30 to Chicago. You know, we got to remember all these guys are pros. It's just a mentality to come out, compete, and play hard every night. Now, as far as Oklahoma, as I alluded to, they're defending, man, and let's face it, Mike, it takes 20, 30 games to jail in the NBA, especially talking about guys that haven't played together on a regular basis. So they're about at that point where they're figuring each other out and people are learning their role in defending. Well, while we're sitting here talking about the NBA, going to go ahead and spin around the league. We got the Washington Wizards losing to the Atlanta Hawks right now, 417 left in the fourth on that one, 90-98. I mean, Atlanta hasn't been that impressive this season, but they got a chance to, you know, make some noise if they can sneak into the playoffs. Atlanta, a very seasoned team. Yeah, Atlanta's a young team that's kind of up and down. But, Mike, as I just said, that all these guys are pros, man. I mean, they come with the mentality to compete, play hard every night, and show that they belong in the NBA. So you just can't take any nights off. You know, because a lot of these guys are hungry. You're, you, if you think about it, you're playing for a job, <laughs> you know, because any time you could be released or lose your job. So, you know, I, 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 each team should respect their opponent. You know, they should respect their opponent, come out, play hard every night, and just show they belong in, in, in the NBA. Very true, very true. How about the New York Knicks right now playing close with the, uh, with the Chicago Bulls, I believe. And, of course, as – I'm having things thrown at me. I'm, uh, I lost the two I lost teams. the score here. Two 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 young two. teams that won't be down for long. Oh yeah, definitely not. I mean, and Chicago obviously getting rid of Derrick Rose right now. It's seventy one sixty nine. Chicago just scoring a basket. Fifty four seconds left in the third in that one. Denver playing Minnesota right now on the road, 76-86, left in the third on that one. Minnesota, a very impressive team. Minnesota looking pretty good thus far in the NBA yeah. season, but obviously still early before the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, you got New Orleans. A bunch of acquisitions. You got New Orleans all over Brooklyn, 91-63. New Orleans is finally looking like they're getting something going down there as well. You know, the Pelicans and the, you know, before the Pelicans, the Hornets, they were never that great, especially, you know, since they got rid of Chris Paul. The uh, New Orleans team has not been a impressive team, and now maybe they finally found something. Yep, you have two up playing All-Stars, Anthony Davis and Marcus Cousins. You know, you got a, a nice young mess of guards, so. You know, it's just tough, Mike. They're in the Western Conference, you know. So you're talking about having to win 50-plus games to even skip the playoffs. So, you know, they're playing well, man. You know, it's about being consistent, about going through the grueling grind of the you know, NBA season of that Western Conference, man, because it's just so tough to get that eighth spot, to get to, to get within those eight, eight spots, you know, to go to the playoffs. So. It's a young team, man. They're playing hard, but it's going to be tough to get the playoffs. They'll fight Definitely. for a lower seed, but we'll see. Definitely. And we got Boston earlier tonight beating Charlotte 102-91. Boston finally getting things back under – kind of getting things back under control after uh, a little bit of a stumbling block here uh, earlier this month. Boston finally back on the right path. Dallas beating Indianapolis 98-94, excuse me, Indiana, 
Cleveland tonight, 9 p.m., are gonna is going to go on the road to play the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to go ahead and obviously you got to take the Cavaliers in that case because, I mean, let's be honest, it's no secret the Sacramento Kings' nickname is the Sacramento Queens. And then you got Utah going on the road to Golden State and Memphis taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. And let's take a moment to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Very impressive over the last week. Alonzo Ball may have finally found his – may have finally found his spot in the NBA. Uh, They're finally gelling. While we're talking about teams gelling together, the Los Angeles Lakers are finally looking good. Yeah, it's, it, it hasn't – it hasn't really um how should I put this? It hasn't produced as many wins as you wanted to, but this team is playing hard. They're playing the top in the NBA very close. Most games are coming down to the last couple of possessions. Um, they're learning to play as a team. They're learning how to be pros and they're just learning how to play together, man. So the upside is good. It's a slow process. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, Laker fans have to be patient. But you can definitely see the upside with, you know, this young Mesha players and definitely get excited about next summer and, and, and big free agents, the big free agents that will be available, as well as the money L.A. has to spend. So things are looking on the up and up. You just can't get caught into the wins because, you know, they haven't produced the wins that you would like. But you can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, yeah, definitely. And on to a subject that actually we debated. We debated this week uh, at work. How about this one? I'm going to go ahead and call it out because Brad actually mentioned this name earlier and put him in Antonio Brown's league for God knows whatever reason. I don't know, but Des Bryant has said he's not going to take a 2018 pay cut to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say this. Look. I'm going to say this right now. Des Bryant is the modern day, and I think the comparisons can be made, the modern day Terrell Owens. Mike, Mike, I got a question for you. If Des Bryant doesn't want to be a cowboy, I will take some Garofalo to Bryant all day. Oh, my God, I would love to have Des Bryant. Too bad Des Bryant can't catch it. Too bad Des Bryant ain't reliable enough to catch the ball. He might need to change the scenery, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they were. I don't think they were going to resign him anyway. Oh, I, I, I think I the Cowboys. What, it's going to be suitors out there for him. Oh yeah, there's definitely going to be suitors out there for Brian. But here's the thing with him: he has been nothing but a problem in that locker room since he came to Dallas. The show has been about Des Bryant until you know Zeke and. That came on. The show has always been Des Bryant, Des Bryant, Des Bryant. And it's not always been positive. The thing with Des Bryant is this, and this is why I call him the modern-day Terrell Owens. He's a receiver. He, he's a receiver who, does, who, for all of his flash and all of his ego and everything, he doesn't necessarily have the talent to back it up. Des Bryant is, is one of the better receivers in the league. Uh, is he the best? No. Um, could he? But if you listen to him, he'd say he is. Yeah, but the thing, the thing is, man, being a pro, it's not all about putting numbers on the field. It's about being a pro on the sideline, being a pro off the field. He's got the off the field thing fixed. 
But my problem is is his body language when he's on the sideline, going up to the O coordinator, the head coach, the receiver coach, you know, with his gestures, only got two targets and this and that. That's not showing leadership and, you know, professionalism and, you know, the cowboy way or whatever may have it. You know, it's it's basically saying get me the ball, really being selfish now. We know you want to win, but you're drawing too much negative attention to you when it's about the team. You know, well, and that's the thing. This guy's been been (laughs) in the league for seven years now. You'd think this would have come to him by now. You're right, Mike. That that act has worn out. It, it's that's. I'm pretty sure that's old. I think they're gonna move past them. They're not about to get this dude. No, what is it? I, I mean, is it twenty? It, is it eighteen million? I, no. I believe so. Yeah, he's won a crazy amount of no. money. No, no. And the thing about it, Dez is more of a. He's not really a speedster. You know, he's he's a. He, He's more possession receiver at this time. He's a good athlete, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he's not going to too much, you know, confuse you with, you know, Tariq Hill or, you know, some of the speeds. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown. Yeah, no, not at all. He's good at what he does. He's a big physical possession type receiver that can make plays. Well, and see, that's the thing you got to think about. If Des Bryant wants big-time, you know, top receiver money, he's got to go out and make big-time top receiver plays, and he doesn't do that with consistency. Right. So, I mean, I think we're kind of seeing the same thing, Mike. For all intents and purposes, he's he's a good receiver, but he's not what Dallas needs right now. He needs a new home. He needs a new environment, so to speak because I just feel that they really need to revamp the receiving core anyway. And you're not well, about I, to give no one guy no $18 million when you can find some former receivers out there. So I think he's going to be looking for a new home at the end of the season. Now, how about this, Mike? And this might be a little controversial to all you fucking Dallas Cowboys fans out there. But Jerry Jones. This week comes out and says he's he he's not going to make his move at um at the head coaching position. Is it time for them to finally somebody to set Jerry down and say, "Bruh, you don't need to be GM anymore." Yeah, because I I don't think there is any chance that they get to the promised land with Jerry Jones as the uh, GM in Dallas, and I mean. This is coming from a guy who in 2007 said that they would never win a Super Bowl with Tony Romo. So I've got a pretty good track record here. Yeah, I think you said the problem. Everybody wants to point the finger at Jason Garrett, but it's more so Jerry Jones not letting a football person do the job, you know, too much hands-on. I don't think it's Garrett. Now, they can get somebody in there with new ideas and, you know, kind of, you know, add add a spark to it. This team was 13-3 and three last year, not by mistake. So they got the talent. It's just, you know, they need to put it all together. But it starts at the top with Jerry Jones, man. He needs to let a football guy do that. I think it's beyond his time. Um, he ain't just been great at it, you know. He needs to he needs to relinqu- relinquish that role and let somebody else do it. Oh, I completely agree with that. And I'm gonna I completely you, agree with Jerry that. Jones, Jerry Jones, one of the best poker players of all time. He ain't going to show you his hand. 
if he was thinking about getting rid of Jason Garrett, you won't do it until it happens. So, of course, he's going to say the right thing. Oh, that ain't in our best interest. You know how he did the politician kind of thing? He did say yes or no. What did he say, Mike? He said it wouldn't he, be in our best interest. Question. That is true. He, beat it, he didn't answer the question. That's they very true. I mean, answer. you make a good point there. Yeah, he's a, he's a hell of a poker player and a great politician and an excellent businessman, so he ain't going to tell you what he's going to do. He's going to give you something to keep you at bay, to, to shut you the hell up and push forward. That's not in our best interest. He didn't say I am. He, he said that's not in our best interest at this time. Did that mean now? Yeah, Did definitely. that mean this season? Did that, you see what I mean? Your best interest. So what? What? What do you mean by best interest? I mean, so he didn't say what the hell is going to do. For all we know, Jason Garrett will be fired at the end of the season, right? We don't. He know. may very well be. And I guess we're what we six don't. days are. We're a little under six days away from the uh, end of the season, and we may know next Monday. We may know next Monday, but in hindsight, it's a fifty-fifty chance. It really is. Because we just don't know. He said it's not in our best interest this time. He just said that to shut them the hell up. And to tell them, hey, I ain't made no decision. I ain't going to tell them what I'm going to do. But so that's the weird line, thing. He ain't going to be there at all. No, hey, not at all. But that's the wow. weird thing about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones demands excellence on the field. But Tony Romo and Jason Garrett for, are two prime examples in my opinion, that deliver mediocrity. And he let them slide for how long? That's true. I'm going to ask you this. Is Jason Witten a free agent? I'm not sure. I don't see Jason Witten ever leaving the Cowboys, to tell you the honest to God truth, but he may be in the last season, the last uh, season of his contract. Is, you think he got a year left? I think he has a year left. They'll let him stay, but if it's like multiple years, it's quite a bit of money. I ain't gonna say they're gonna release him, but they might ask him to retire, man, or do something else. Because let's well, that's exactly Jason, something I was thinking. Jason, Jason, Jason Whedon is an all-pro, pretty all-pro, a Hall of Famer, man. But let's face it, man, it's time to strip their position. It's time. Oh to, yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, the kid's still putting up numbers, and I call him a kid, and he's probably like twice my age. I'm not sure what Jason's uh, age is, but <laughs> no, Jason, I mean, Jason the guy probably, still makes crazy like catches. Thirty six, thirty six, thirty seven, I think. But yeah, I tell you one person. I tell you one person that the trigger was obviously pulled too trick quickly on, and that would be Alex Collins. Is Seattle not kicking themselves right now uh, with as much as they're struggling in the running game with releasing a guy that is 100 yards away from a 1,000-yard season? Yeah, but you got to remember at the time when they drafted AC, they had uh, Marshawn Lynch, too. They had a couple of other running backs, so they never thought it would get to this point. But, yeah, I would feel real stupid out of Pete Carroll because they understood his talent. They understood his talent. I'm so proud of him. I'm happy for the guy. He really deserves it. He works hard. He's a humble kid. You know, he does great things in the community. And he was he was coached and, and pretty much built to do what he's doing now. So, great job, AC. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, very proud of Buddha. And the thing is, I'm going to cheer for him every game he doesn't play against Pitts. The same as, you know, Trey Flowers in New England and everybody else that is a uh, right. that is a former hog. But the thing about it is, Alex Collins has the potential to turn the Ravens back into, and he almost has. The Ravens have a chance, and I believe actually they might be in as it sits right now to make the playoffs. A month, two months yeah, ago, that Ravens, was just completely mind-blowing to think about. If the Ravens win, if the Ravens defeat Cincinnati um, this Saturday, they're in. And after a four and five start, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you had have to go. You got to remember the offense before they inserted before they inserted AC at the tailback position. The offense was so anemic; it was left for dead. <laughs> he kind of he, he he was a resurgence. He, you know, he kind of brought life back to the offense. It was no running game at all. People stepped, people loaded the box. So that, that's really their MVP this season. Alex Collins. I com- think about I it. completely agree with that because I mean at the end of the day you look at it and hat off to Harbaugh for uh for making that change as much as I hate to give a Baltimore Raven any sort of credit, but I mean you look at it. This kid has the potential Yeah, Mike, but you're a realist, to- Mike. You 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 credit what credit is due, Mike. That's just fair. You know, that's just fair, Mike. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean that's the at the end of the day, Alex Collins has the potential to be a, uh, the next great running back in the AFC North. I mean, right now, when you look Definitely. at it, I mean, do you not have to put it Le'Veon Bell, Alex Collins, as far as running backs in the AFC North? Let's see. Uh, Le'Veon Bell definitely won. Uh, think about the team. Cincinnati, who you got? Jim Cincinnati and Cleveland are the other two teams. And Cle- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> you know, not uh, to I take mean, anything away from those other guys, but this guy's producing and making people around him better and single-handedly help get his teams in the team in the playoffs. It ain't been Flacco. It's been Alex Collins. Exactly, and that's another thing that these Baltimore fans have been calling for and you got to think about. Is it time to pull the plug on Joe Flacco? You know, uh, New York is finally thinking about moving on from Eli Manning. Is it time to pull the plug on Flacco? Because let's be honest, everybody knows that Flacco isn't your flashy Ben Roethlisberger. He's not even your Andy Dalton, in my opinion. He's he's a guy who's exactly what, and you know, I realize he's not an Alabama quarterback, but he's an Alabama quarterback in theory because the kid is just a game manager. If you ask Joe Flacco to go win a game in the fourth quarter, down seven, with about a minute remaining, minute and a half remaining, no timeouts, I I don't think I have any confidence in Joe Flacco to be able to get that done. Mike, I don't know, man. I'm going to give Flacco the benefit of the doubt, my man, because he's been injured, and I don't think he's been healthy. And as we all know, Mike, it's hard to perform at a maximum level when you are injured. So give him the benefit of the doubt. That's that's what differentiates him him and Eli's situation. 
Eli's not hurt. He's okay. It's just time for Eli to move on to somewhere else. And Flacco's situation, he needs to be healthy, man, and they need to make sure they have pieces around him. Flacco don't have an Odell Beckham Jr. That's you know? very true. That's You know, I, I don't so, even think I could name three Baltimore wide receivers. Right. Jeremy Macklin, because, you know, you know he played for Kansas City and uh, – yeah. uh, uh, Philadelphia, and he played in the SEC in Missouri. Uh, well, I take that back. They were still in the Big Twelve. When he came out. I was about to say. I think they were in the Big Twelve at that point. Yeah, Mike Wallace. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike Wallace, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, Perryman from uh, I think out of Miami. I think. But it's how you're hard pressed. That's what I'm saying. That's how important Alex Collins fit to that team, man. So that's impressive. Exactly. Kudos to him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we're about to get into our predictions for the week in both college football and professional football. And, you know, you'll finally, you know, as we go through here, see where the final playoff spots are going to, you know, fall here. And I actually do. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there before we get started. I actually have a little bit of movement at the top of the NFC. And I'll say this. I think the Minnesota Vikings – I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose that two slot, and I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to be able to pick it up, and they're going to host not only get a bye week, but they're going to host a game in Los Angeles this season. Now, Mike, now, Mike, now, did you make this prediction prior to them releasing the breaking news that Jerry Goff is playing? Oh, no, I I made that prediction before. And Dawson. Nor is Ty Gurley, as well as a couple other key people. So you may want to rethink that. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go ahead and backtrack on that. That never happened. That never happened. No, if the Rams are just going to stick, if the Rams aren't going to play these uh, two players, then yeah. I mean, you're talking about going up against a Jimmy Garoppolo that is, good God, awesome. Freaking fire. I love it, baby. Is there a quarterback? Let's be honest here. Is there quickly? Is there a quarterback right now that is more on fire than Jimmy Garoppolo? Tom Brady is. He's even got Tom Brady's. You know, he's even got Tom Brady's attention. And here's the comparison I heard that I like: Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for how many years? And all of a sudden, he comes out and he's playing his head off. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And yes, the is. thing about Arguably it is, yep. did all those years, did all those years behind Tom Brady prepare Garoppolo for this moment? And can he be the next Aaron Rodgers? I believe he can. Hey man, it seems to work, Mike. We we forget Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. I got another one for you. Um, uh, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees. People forget, don't they? Yeah, people, people do forget about that. People Honestly, forget about that. Honestly, to tell you that. the truth, I had forgotten about that beforehand, but that's th- that's exactly what it's all about. If you can sit, and I realize, you know, he's got a great guy who's his head coach hey. right now and is a quarterback whisperer in, uh, right. in For, Shanahan. And the thing is right. with that, oh, yeah. you look at this, and it's the perfect situation. And when that trade went down, I looked. I remember looking at Brad and I said, "He's going to be your franchise." 
I mean, Brad said, okay, yeah. we got to see him play first. But no, I've always, you know, this is the kid that drove Ryan Mallett out of New England. So, I mean, yeah. obviously, because Ryan Mallett had built himself a pretty good position, had built himself a pretty good job as Tom Brady's backup, and they and they moved on from him. It was almost a little bit controversial at yeah. the time when they moved That's on true. from him. That's but true. now we, we you see about, why. We were talking about Mallett possibly being Tom Brady's heir one day. You know. Exactly. So you're right. You're right. You you you're definitely right, man. I I mean it's it's just impressive, man. Oh yeah, I, I forgot the ultimate duo: Joe Montana, Steve Young. How many years did Steve Young sit on the bench and and, and watch so? You know what? That's completely right. We did forget about Joe Montana and Steve Young, and you should really feel bad being a Forty ers fan. <laughs> But the thing about it is, you know, that's the perfect analogy for this because people are already comparing Joe Montana to Tom Brady. And the thing is, you know, quickly, we can go ahead and debate this all we want. I think that as much as it sickens me to admit, especially after this season, I think that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Arguably, maybe, but you know, I'm going to be a homer, man. Joe's undefeated. <laughs> well, and hey, that's the thing Brad actually brought that up this week in a meme to me that uh, Joe Montana was undefeated in Super Bowls. But here's the thing if Tom Brady gets that sixth ring this season, and God forbid it's not, you know, by them going past Pittsburgh, but God forbid Tom Brady would be the first quarterback. Well, he's already the first quarterback in history with five rings. He'd be the first quarterback in NFL history to get a sixth ring. And he would single-handedly, as a quarterback, tie the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise for the most Super Bowls in NFL history. I mean, that was their screams to me. That's impressive. That screams greatest of all time to me. You talking about big man? No, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Tom Brady. If Tom wins the oh, Super yeah. Bowl this year, oh, he will win his sixth oh, oh. Super Bowl ring. Oh yeah! Now if he does that, he might. Yeah, I mean he's right there with Joe now, so you might have to go ahead and give him the nod once he does that, man. Now we're gonna be realistic, Mike. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean it's the argument, you know, people are holding on to LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I, I still think that Michael Jordan has, is still the better player as far as, you know, being the greatest of all time. But, you know, it, really it's apples and oranges as far as you got to really take into account two different time periods in the NBA and NFL respectively. But at the same time, Tom Brady's never had the greatest wide receiver to ever lace him up in Jerry Rice. Yeah, but Jerry wasn't a Jerry wasn't a known product or 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 a ready made perennial all this and that. They kind of grew together, so you could either say one without the other, or you could say you know they kind of maturated at the same time. But uh, he wasn't a ready made product, my man. Well, it's gonna go. It's time to go ahead and get into this week's action. We're gonna start off in the NCAA, and we're gonna start off actually with today's games 
Florida State absolutely trouncing Southern Miss to end their season on a high note. You know, things are looking good. Willie Taggart's team, 42-13 to over Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl. Very dominant victory. Very impressive. I, I mean, things are still looking pretty good there in Florida State after today. We got to remember, man. They're in the, uh, the, the, the 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 fertile ground of Florida, recruiting Gardner Eden. <laughs> so they'll be fine. It's the great Florida State. He's still going to get the top tier athletes. It's about putting oh, yeah. together, man. You know, it's about putting together folks being disciplined and you know executing, executing exactly. by what coaches want you to do and trust your training and your practice and your preparation. So. That's what it comes down to, man, because a lot of these teams are, are each other's equal when it comes to talent, especially when you talk about these Florida teams. It's ridiculous. Florida, Florida State, Miami, University of Central Florida, University of South Florida, University of Florida Atlantic, University of Florida International. I mean, it goes right. on and on. <laughs> so, you know, it's enough talent to go around. around. They'll be fine, man. You know, they should be excited, you know, about the new blood. Jimbo Fisher was great for them. He did great things. It was just time to move on. How about this? In the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, that one, the one held in Yankee Stadium, Iowa, the same Iowa that kept Ohio State out of the college football playoff games being played this weekend, 27-20 to 20 winners over Boston College. Great you know, once great again, game. another one you got to say, you got to say that, Things have got to be looking up in Iowa, at Iowa. Yeah, I, I'm just impressed about I, – I, I love their program. I love what Iowa's all about. I love how the stadium's built with the hospital over, overlooks it where they get to wave at the kids and, 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 and the people that work at the, uh, you know, the nurses and all the doctors. It's tradition where they wave back at the players. So I think that's amazing, man. That's what college football is all about, but – yeah, I was a that that's that that's a tough, gritty, grinded out, fight to the death team. Always have been. I always respect Iowa from afar. Um, I'm not shocked that they you know won today, but it was a good game. Boston College played well. It was actually in Yankee Stadium. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. One of the more unique sites for college yeah. football. Oh yeah. Definitely. It, it's it's amazing how they convert these multi-billion-dollar stadiums into football venues for the ball games. I think it's amazing. But imagine playing in New York, Mike, this time of year. It was like 15 degrees. You know, right. the baseball stadium doesn't have natural heaters underneath like the, the football venues. So the ground was frozen solid. You're seeing people slip and fall, yeah. but – those guys probably had to get a kick out of being a Yankee Stadium man. But I just really enjoyed oh, the yeah. game, man. It was old school football, hard fall game. I loved it, man. That's what it's all about. But congratulations to the Hawkeyes on a good season. Baseball fan or not, if you got a Yankee Stadium, you're gonna be a little kid again. How about this one? In the Foster's Farm Bowl Farms Bowl, twenty eight to fourteen Purdue and the Big Ten have the lead over Arizona. Uh, one minute, 42 seconds left in the half on that one. Arizona, you know, coached by Rich Rodriguez for those Michigan fans who want to forget that time period. I, I mean, you got to look at Purdue and think that they're a team that 
you know, a few years ago they weren't looked at too highly, and now all of a sudden they're consistent bowl game uh, appearances. Oh yeah, Rich Rod, man, he's a fun coach to play for. You know, um, was an excited style of offense, very enthusiastic players, coach. And let's face it, man, he's in beautiful Arizona, Tucson. I mean, great place, uh, great recruiting ground west of him in a big state you might heard of called California. So he's really in a good situation, man. You can win eight, nine games really in Arizona. You're doing good with occasional 10, 12 win Just underway in Houston, Texas, 14, Missouri, the SEC, 7. 12 minutes, 10 seconds left in the half on that one. I mean, kind of surprising there. 14-7, Texas is, uh, I mean, to be 100% completely honest, I didn't even know Texas was bowl eligible. Yeah, I think they backdoored in, snuck in, so to speak. Uh, one of the most talented teams in the country. Nice, young, up-and-coming rock star coach in Tom Hunter. I think Texas ain't too far away, man. Like we say, we're recruiting. They only got the best recruits year in, year out. They only have like a $250 million athletic budget, which almost doubles the next closest one. I mean, Texas is almost like an NFL franchise. I mean, have abundance of money and resources. So it's really no excuse for that um, school not to be great year in, year out. And that's coming from Arkansas, fan. It, it pains me to exactly. say, but we're really, we're really so Mike and Mike and Mike guys. Blog Talk Forty Nine. We're really <laughs> so. Yeah, it pains me to say, man, but it's, it's but the thing about it, Mike. It, it's no excuse with Texas year and out. I don't want to hear no excuse. If six people got hurt, you got twelve other five stars to reload. So. It's about them putting it together, man. It's no excuse at the University of Texas. It shouldn't be no exactly. excuse. And we're going to go ahead and start looking towards the future. The Military Bowl tomorrow, 1230 Central Time. Virginia kicking off against Navy. you got to give Navy the edge. I mean, that's the thing. Of all the service academies, Navy is one of the – here recently had the most success of all the service academies. You know, I realize Army just won their bowl game over the last week. But Navy is still a pretty darn good team, and I believe they match up well against the Virginia Cavaliers. Man, I respect the hell out of Navy, all our armed forces. Uh, God bless USA. But, Mike, Virginia has been hot. One of the hottest teams at the end of the year. They actually are fighting for a spot in the ACC championship. Once they figure out how to stop the triple option after a couple <laughs> of series, <laughs> they're going to run off, Mike. I hate to say it, man. They're going to run off on the Naval Academy. Yeah, they're going to beat them by three-plus touchdowns. Just, you know, too many athletes, man, too much depth. That's true. That is one problem that has plagued the service academies is they don't get the athletes that, you know, say in Alabama or somebody like that does. You haven't seen a service academy sniff a BCS or college football playoff in quite some time. How about this one? Should be a little bit more interesting. Oklahoma State, number 17, going to take on number 22, Virginia Tech. Josh Fuentes' first year, first year, I believe, at the helm of Virginia Tech. In the Camping World Bowl, Virginia Tech, remember, last year beat Arkansas in uh, the Panther Stadium in Bank of America in the Belk Bowl. How about this one? I'm going to take 
Virginia Tech over Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State has doubled this season, and I think that Virginia Tech pulls the upset. Oklahoma State's pissed off. Um, this is probably Mason Rudolph's uh, final collegiate game. They're about to hang 70 points on Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech may score 58, <laughs> but they're going to hang. They might want to change this to the no defense bowl. Yeah, it's gonna, Mike, it's going to be fireworks because Oklahoma State scored points that we know. So, you know, what's interesting to watch is can Virginia Tech I guess, run with them or, you know, score with them, if you will, or if they'll just totally change the game plan because you are who you are, man, despite what the other team does. So you have to be careful not to out-scheme yourself. You know, you still have to do what makes you go. So they like to get up and down the field and score, man, but you got to be careful with these high-tank teams because you look up at the scoreboard, you went three and out a couple of times, it's 24 And all of a sudden, they're up 21, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And guess what? You do not want to play from behind playing a team like Oklahoma State because they're going to keep scoring. Oh, so absolutely you're looking not. At, okay. <laughs> Mike, you're looking at 10 to 31, 13 to 38, <laughs> 20 to 45. <laughs> and once you get your mojo, <laughs> once you get your mojo about you, you're still going to be down 28 points. I don't know. I just got a so, feeling that Josh Fuentes is going to continue to be the hot prospect as a coach he is, and I think it continue it could continue tomorrow at the hand at the expense of Mike Gundy. Well, I'm going to say this and leave it alone. Oklahoma State ain't going to get no 24-point lead and disappear in the second half and not score you. If they get a 24-point yeah, lead – they might have a hundred points on the take, man. So, yeah, this will be interesting to watch, Mike. But I think Oklahoma State rolls. Okay, we got the Washington State Cougars. Mike Leach, obviously the head coach there, had a lot of news uh, linking him to the Arkansas job earlier this season against number 18 Michigan State tomorrow in the Holiday Bowl, 8 p.m. Central time. I mean, really, you got to take Michigan State in this one. I think Michigan State's more physical. I think they play better defense. And I really think that overall they're the better team. Washington State not known for defense. I mean, really, I I, I do have to take Michigan State in this game. Yeah, I like uh, Mike D'Antoni. I think I pronounced his name right. Uh, Yeah. I don't think it's Mike. It's – I, know it's I believe it is Mike D'Antoni. I could be wrong. It, it may be, but I could be wrong. I hope I did, but uh, I like the style, man, you know. I like Michigan State from afar. I respect the program. Always tough-nosed defense, uh, old-school football, tough running game, you know, great skill players. I just think they got the mojo about them, and you got to go with defense when you talk about postseason play first because it's easier to – you know, I guess it's easier to somewhat play defense, if you will, trying to get your chemistry back under you and your, you know, consistency with your other players than it is offense. The offense is about rhythm. You know what I mean? So you always really got to go with defense. I think Michigan State, the closer than you, close a lot closer than, you know, one may think, but I'm going to take Michigan State over uh, Mike Leach in the fight and watch the Cougars. 
I, I can't disagree with that there. Like I said, I, I think that Michigan State's just going to be too much. How about one that's definitely going to be close, in my opinion? TCU, number 13, going to take on the number 15 Stanford Cardinal down in San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. This one's the Alamo Bowl. This has been providing some pretty good uh, bowl games the past few years. I'm not sure on this one. I, I want to say TCU, but TCU tends to drop games. I, I got to go with the Cardinal on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Stanford, man. Stanford's a real physical SEC-type team, man. Real real physical in the trenches. Uh, runs a uh, pro-style offense. You know, with the hot coach, um, Shaw. Um, what was your first name? I can't think of his first name for nothing. David. I know his last name is Shaw. Yeah, yeah David I believe Shaw. it's David. You know, with, um, you know, with the future um, NFL draft pick, I think Bryce Love. Tell back. But, yeah, Stanford's going to be tough, man. Stanford's gonna be oh, yeah, Stanford's going to be very tough. tough. Stanford, yeah, even smart, on a down year, is a tough pull yeah. for anybody. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they're smart and they play hard as physical. So, yeah, watch out. How, how about this one? Tomorrow we will get this year's matchup at the Belt Bowl. We referenced last year's. Wake Forest going to play Texas A&M uh, Friday at uh, twelve noon. I'm gonna have to go with Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M has a lot of upside. I think that they are very excited to be playing for Jimbo Fisher. I think Texas A&M is going to pull out the W in this one. Yeah, is it an Eastern coaches? He coaching this game. I don't believe – I believe there is an interim in this one, but I'm just saying the prospect could will them to victory even in this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you know, Texas A&M is just too talented, and, you know, too explosive. I think it'll be too much. Now, Wake Forest plays good. It's going to be closer than we think, but. I'm going to be an SEC homer. I'm going to definitely go in. Very true, very true. And now we got Kentucky in the Music City Bowl going to play Northwestern, number 20 Northwestern. But you can't count out Kentucky by any stretch. And this isn't me being an SEC homer. It's just the fact that Stoops is the yeah, head coach. Mike Mark Stoops, Stoops yeah. is the head – Mike Stoops, Mark excuse Stoops. me, is the head coach at Kentucky. I, I believe that Kentucky can win this game. I believe it, they have a couple things. They have got to keep it close with Northwestern. It's got to come down to the end, and I believe that Kentucky oh, can yeah. pull this one off. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, uh, Northwestern, they're, yeah, they're tough. a tough team. I always have been in the Midwest. Uh, but I think Kentucky has a chance, and you was right, Mike. I think it is Mark. I yeah. think you're right. I think it is Mark. But, uh, yeah, they put band. Kentucky was real hard to kick the season off. They started off what five and zero, maybe five and one, I think. Yeah, something like that. They were they were hot. Yeah. They were actually one yeah, of the outside picks to win the East. Yeah, and playing you know a couple of SEC teams that they lost to down to the wire. So, I think Kentucky might represent well and you know get them a victory. One of the finer. One of the finer, you know, final non-Power 5 conference bowls we got left on the docket here will be Friday, the Arizona Bowl. New Mexico State going to take on Utah State. Not very familiar with either school, but I do know Utah State has a hell of a program, so I'm going to go ahead and take them in that one. 
You say you talk crazy. Who's the opponent? <laughs> Excuse me, New Mexico State. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Utah State. I'm gonna How about this go one? Ten matchup alert. USC gonna go on and take on a Ohio State game shunned by the college Ooh. football playoff Friday at 7:30 p.m. in the Cotton Bowl Classic. Ohio State USC. That is gonna be a slobber knocker of a matchup. And really, you cannot not take a pissed off Ohio State team. And I believe that Urban Meyer will have these Buckeyes ready to play for something in this one. Yeah, that's going to be the game of who shows up. It's not disappointed they're not in the Final Four in the, in the playoff series. So it's hard to say, Mike. I'm going to get a Buckeyes the edge with it being uh, – and that's exactly it. I think that I think that Ohio State and Urban Meyer has a more disciplined team, and I believe that's exactly what will play into this is the fact that they will not be, you know, they won't allow the disappointment of not making it into the playoffs. They're going to turn that into, into uh, motivation more than they are going to let it beat themselves up. How about this one on Saturday, 11 a.m., number 24, Mississippi State, getting ready to take on Louisville, a Louisville team that really is a disappointment this season for Bobby Petrino, and a Mississippi State team that just lost their head coach, Darren Mullen, to the Florida Gators. It's a game of who's going to show up and who's going to execute. i got to take Louisville in this situation because I don't like transitional teams, so i got to take Louisville and Bobby Petrino in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Louisville. One reason, because Mullen um, exited to uh, Florida. And another thing, too, man, Mike, you can't tell me, especially as a Hog fan, that he doesn't get up to play SEC teams. He has to. Oh, yeah. And there may be a little bit of added motivation in this one. How about the Liberty Bowl? Memphis is going to host Iowa State. Memphis going to host in their own building. Number 19, Memphis, I believe, is going to rack it up on Iowa State. Iowa State, though, has a lot to be happy with, with this season. You know, beating uh, TCU at home, there there was a lot of big things happening there in Iowa State this season, but I believe Memphis gets the W this year. I'm going to say this, Mike. Iowa State has played a lot of big opponents and been victorious in a lot of big games this year, so... Them playing Memphis at home, because it's a home game for Memphis, they're, they're going to look at Memphis like a team they're supposed to beat. Despite Memphis's record, despite the explosiveness of uh, Norville's uh, innovative offense, Iowa State going to go in and be like, hey, guys, we really supposed to beat them. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be wild now. Are they going to have to score some points? Yeah, but I'm going to I'm gonna take Iowa State in the upset. Okay. Okay. Cat okay. at home. Who's supposed to win? Because they're gonna be favored. Our state been giant killers, and they're not gonna approach Memphis as a giant. They're gonna be like, we supposed to beat them. Right, right. I can't knock that pick either. But the Fiesta Bowl this year kind of has, you know, it is a top fifteen matchup. But you can tell the difference that has been made from the BCS era to the college football playoff era. 
a little bit of a downsizing there in, out in Arizona as Washington, uh, number 12 Washington, will play number nine Penn State. I believe that Franklin gets another W in this one. Penn State rolls over Washington. Yeah, I think Penn State with uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley going to have a good game. It's, it's going to be, I think Penn State rolls. Take nothing away from a good Washington team, but I think Penn State going to be a little bit too much for them. How about this one? The last game of 2017, the Orange Bowl. Number six, Wisconsin, going down to number 11, Miami. I, I mean, really, this one's a pick Wisconsin just got destroyed in the Big Ten championship game, and they have something to prove. Same with Miami. I, I mean, really, you got to take Miami. I, I believe you have to take Miami. They're at home. Miami traditionally doesn't lose in the Orange Bowl. I believe that I'm going to take Miami just for the simple fact being Miami's that good. Miami did not have a good performance against Clemson. Mike, what scares me, man, is is Miami going to be too relaxed being in their own backyard? That's possible. I don't I don't think Mike, you know, Mark Rick, he's not the type of coach. I'm pretty sure he's going to keep them focused or at least attempt to keep them focused. But let's face it, both teams are disappointed that they weren't in the playoff divisional series. Um it's it's a game of who's not upset that they're not in a bigger game, you know? Exactly. It's and the it's same a, as the situation we had earlier in the Cotton Bowl. You're a Ohio State, exactly. So it's really that, – that's your argument for eight to ten teams, but that's another story. So that, that's your other four exactly. teams right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. How about the Outback Bowl? Michigan going to play South Carolina uh, – I mean, really, That's South Carolina has been so up and down this year. I, I really got to take Michigan. I got to take Michigan, unfortunately, with Michigan. How about the Peach Bowl? Number 10, UCF, Scott Frost, takes his program on the road against a guy who, you know, used to be in Scott Frost's position when he was the young quarter or the young guru, offensive guru in the NCAA, Gus Malzahn in Auburn. Uh, I mean, this is a head-to-head matchup and a pick in my opinion. But I got to give the edge to Auburn. Auburn played the tougher schedule. I think it prepared them. Yeah, UCF been talking a lot, a lot of noise about speed and this and that. They picked the wrong one. You know, it's the Auburn. That's an SEC yeah. So <laughs> you don't want to talk about there. speed when it comes to Auburn. No, you don't. I don't know why he fixes now to say that, but okay. He forget. <laughs> he forget. They got a third and pair from Florida and South Georgia. Come on, man. Speed, get. That's the last thing they got you to say. So, and the they, the game that has the – Game the first right? loss this year. They may gain yep, the first loss. Very true, very true. I think Auburn gets it done. But the game that has the uh, the luxury, I guess, of being the last non-college football playoff game of the season this year, number 14, Notre Dame, 
takes on number 16 LSU Monday in the Citrus Bowl at noon kickoff. I mean, really, this one's a little bit tougher for me, but I'm going to take the LSU Tigers. Mike, I was going to take the LSU Tigers until I found out Darius Geis didn't play it. Ooh. Ooh. I got to go with no. Yeah, that's huge, man. Oh, yeah, that's definitely I don't know if it's one of the Fortnite situations where he won't get hurt because the NFL. You've seen a trend of that lately, man. Guys, those oh, yeah, definitely. that could really play, they're like, screw it. I'm away from the combine. So, he's not exactly. playing. That's not good. You know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, not a blanket for the quarterback, but kind of a security blanket for the quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> Very so, true. No, man. I'm a, I'm and we know LSU doesn't game. make good quarterbacks. Hey, a very, a very talented pissed off Notre Dame team of years. Very true, very true. And now we get into the big daddies. The Rose Bowl, Monday at 4 p.m. Georgia, number three, number two, Oklahoma. Does the Heisman winner keep it going this year? And here's where I say no. The Georgia Bulldogs will be the more physical team. I believe that Baker Mayfield has not seen a defense an SEC caliber defense this season, and I believe that he will not be able to beat an SEC caliber defense. I think Baker Mayfield's couple mistakes in this game, not even too many, cost him. I think Georgia goes into the national championship game. Mike, I disagree here. I alluded to it earlier um, with Mr. Hicks earlier in the show when we first uh, came on air that I just feel that uh, Oklahoma's really explosive, that they're going to be able to move the ball and score points. Now, Georgia will scheme for Oklahoma. Well, they're going to try to keep Baker Mayfield off the field because, you know, the best defense is no offense by the team. So I just feel with Georgia offense being anemic and possibly playing from behind, you know, with the two great running backs, It'll just be too much to overcome. So I'm picking Oklahoma. Here we go. This is the big daddy for real. The Sugar Bowl this year, number four, Alabama, going to take on number one, Clemson. And just like you said, Deshaun Watson needed an all-world performance last year to barely beat Alabama. I I mean, you're talking about a pissed-off Alabama team that is still just as talented as they were last year. You know, all these all these pundits that are saying, oh, Alabama lost a step and all that, I don't believe so. I believe that you are going to have to take I, – I think that the Alabama Crimson Tide are the pick in this game. I, I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide, man. Nick Saban, two, two, two and a half months, two months, you know, to prepare – in the scheme, um, the embarrassing loss to Auburn in their last game, not representing their conference in the championship game. Just all those things mixed together, man. This team's going to be ready to play. Um, I just don't think Kelly – it's going to take a it – took a, it took a Herculean effort by Deshaun Watson to even be close in this Alabama game man, all three times, you know, two, two times defeat, once a victory in which they won a national championship last year. So, I don't know if Kelly Bryant can do that, man. 
especially against this defense that features seven pros. So, yeah, I got to take Alabama to win. Very true. And before we get into it, week 17 of the week 17 is in the uh in the drive in the uh front view and in the rear view is week 16. This is going to be the uh week that decides these final few playoff spots and we're going to look at the playoff picture right now. Number 1 AFC seed obviously clinched the New England Patriots. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be tough. They have home field throughout. Pittsburgh Steelers coming in at number two if the season ends, you know, this Sunday. That's clinched. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just lost to the uh, San Francisco 49ers, number three seed. And here's where it gets a little convoluted. Kansas City, number four. And the two seeds left up for grabs. The Baltimore Ravens, number five, and the Tennessee Titans, number six. In the hunt still, though, is the Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. And I tell you, I don't really see much movement on the AFC side. I believe Baltimore goes in. Tennessee is the team that I could see dropping out. But, I mean, it's hard for maybe maybe the Chargers. Maybe the Chargers might squeak into the playoffs, but... That's a tough one to see much movement out of that AFC wildcard side. Yeah, it appears we're having pretty much a Baltimore and Kansas City. If Kansas City and Baltimore wins, they're going to get wild. No, Kansas City win the division. If Baltimore yeah. wins, that's that wild Baltimore's card. in. Baltimore's in. You know, the interesting thing about Buffalo, the Bills also need help. They'll need to win at Miami this weekend, and they need losses by not only the Titans, but also the Chargers. The Titans, that's the other team that'll be, okay, okay. okay. That's the thing, you know, the uh, Chargers just need to win, and the Titans to lose to the Jaguars this weekend, and the Ravens to defeat the Bengals. Both plausible situations, and the Chargers are in, instead of the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean... it's a 50-50 shot. I think Tennessee is the most is the weakest member of that AFC wild card slot. Yeah, I think so too. They look like they're reeling, man. I mean, very true. Very true. For you, this is a, this is a bad time to. The NFC, <laughs> the NFC, Mike. I will say is a little bit more convoluted. Obviously, Philadelphia has locked the one seed in. Philadelphia will have the uh, will have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Minnesota has not clinched the wild card or the uh, has not clinched the uh, number two seed, but the Vikings just have to win this weekend and they have clinched it. The Los Angeles Rams, number three, win the NFC West for the first time in 14 years. But, you know, the big thing about it is they have to win on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. And they got to hope that the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Chicago Bears. A little bit of an uphill climb, but at worst, the Los Angeles Rams play on wildcard weekend. Do you really see a situation, though, where not only Minnesota loses, but Los Angeles beats San Francisco this weekend? 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't. You know, from the standpoint that they're resting all their stars on the playoff run, so they're basically conceding the opportunity to gain the number two seed. So they're basically looking at three or four, obviously. Right. Division winner that can be lower. So you know the the Saints you know, this week have win. also they don't win the standard. They don't win. Standard. Right. Right now, the Saints are clinched into the playoffs, but what seed they will still remains to be determined. The New Orleans Saints are number four. Carolina this week, number five in the seeds, and Atlanta rounding it out at number six. But here's the thing. Seattle's still in the hunt. They can clinch a wild card berth with a victory over the Cardinals, and all the Falcons have to do is lose to the Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks are in at that sixth seed instead of the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think about that? Do you think it'll be Seattle, or do you think it'll be Atlanta going to the playoffs after Sunday? Atlanta. So you do not believe that Seattle has what it takes to make it in? Nope. Too banged up. That's very true. I mean, they have a problem. You know, they've had a problem in the secondary, and I don't see them going far. If they did manage to limp into the playoffs, I don't see them really making it out of wild card weekend. Uh, Against, I believe they'd have to go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. And, well, we saw what happened last time they played the Rams. Right. Well, here we go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Week 17 in the NFL kicks off Sunday at 12 p.m. Packers versus Lions. Aaron Rodgers obviously not going to start. The news this week was that NFL owners are ticked off in saying that Aaron Rodgers should be released by the Green Bay Packers because of a rule. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but, you know, a little bit of a funny side note to this game. Other than that, the Detroit Lions win this game easy. Yeah, Green Bay kind of threw in the towel, you know, threw up the white flag, so to speak. It was, uh, this was time, man. <laughs> this was time for uh, somebody else to just take the rain this year, you know, with the injury to Aaron Rodgers. And exactly, and unfortunately, you know, Save for the Pittsburgh game, obviously Brett Hundley was not that guy to take the reins. Well, you know, I guess I didn't mean to take the reins as a star quarterback, but I guess the division, it right. was up for grabs, you know, because when he yeah. went down and the Vikings, the Vikings took advantage of it, in which Detroit did not. So Detroit has an outside chance to get in the playoffs. So they got a lot to play for, so they'll beat the Packers this week. Very true, very true. How about the Vikings playing the Bears? You know, I was originally going to take the Bears just for the simple fact being it needed to happen for my for my pick to come true about the Rams taking that two seed. But I mean, let's be honest. Now, the Rams aren't even cheering for the Vi- for the Bears this weekend because let's be honest here, the the Rams have pretty much, like you said, conceded that two seed to the Vikings. I believe the Vikings yeah. win this game. Yeah, that I mean that's that has to be the biggest surprise in sports this year. <laughs> the Vikings. Oh yeah. Has except for save 
Save the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people are shocked about the Rams. Yeah, yeah, you can't say the Rams, but I'm more so shocked with Minnesota. You know, with with especially with um, um, Sam. Um, what's his name? The Heisman uh, Trophy guy from Oklahoma. Oh, uh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford going down, and you're on your third quarterback in as many years. You know. You just didn't see that. At least to L.A., you knew that you had a big star. In Jared Goff, yeah. Gurley, some explosive players on the outside of a senior position. A young, talented Jared Goff. You knew all of that. You know, you didn't know when it would come to fruition, but that Minnesota thing, man. And you, Minnesota, the loss of AP, you know, you just, oh, didn't, yeah. you just didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. Being in the division. Plus being in division with Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really, Green Bay's owned that division, let's be honest here, since Aaron Rodgers took over. How about this one? Two teams that really aren't playing for anything this Sunday, Texans at Colts. I mean... I'll take the Colts because they're at home this week. I mean, I, I, I'm i not even sure about this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the home team. I'm now go we got Colts. an interesting one. Steelers are going to host the Cleveland Browns. Here's the interesting thought. And we talked about this a little bit before we went on the air, and you made a very good point. The question that sits in Mike Tomlin's face right now, to start Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, do you start them three and, you know, risk injuring them like you have Antonio Brown, or do you let them play? I mean, it it just depends. I kind of agreed with you, though. Why not treat it like a preseason? Let Ben and everybody get in there. Stay warmed up. Get through a few plays. Maybe let them play maybe a quarter or two. And then sit them down the second half. I, I like that a little bit more than I do sitting them. Yeah. Because you can play. Man, you know what? You, you, you have to keep the edge. Um, they're going to sit for a minute. So you have to get them as, as many reps as you can. And just face it, Mike, when you play these guys, you can keep the offense vanilla, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to do nothing extravagant that's going – you don't have to run a uh, a, a, a Juju Schuster Smith across the middle or, you know, send Le'Veon Bell in the teeth of the defense. You can just do some things that are safe, let them play a quarter two, keep the legs underneath them, and, and sit them down, man. But just totally don't play them. You know, we've seen t- how that works, but don't. I tell you one thing that Pittsburgh fans need to keep an eye out this season or this game for, and that's for a quarterback to emerge because, I mean, at the end of this season, the past couple seasons even, it's been the question after every season, is Ben Roethlisberger going to come back? And, I mean, I believe if we do win number seven this year, I believe number seven rides out into the sunset. So you got to be looking to the future if you're Mike Tomlin. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. If he holds, if he holds the LeBron trophy, it's over, Mike. He's he's riding off into the sunset, as you say. But you know, even if he gets there, man, you just never know. So you definitely have to prepare for the future. It's time to find out. You know, is it is it Landry on the bench? Is it a guy in the draft? You have to find out. Exactly. Is it Josh Dobbs? You know who we got from Tennessee last year. Who knows? Obviously, I I think we're both taking Pittsburgh in that game. How about this one? I I mean, it's clinched. It's number one. And you've got an old quarterback. He's 40 years old now. What about the Patriots? If you're Bill Belichick, I don't believe he's ever sat his starters for a game whenever, you know, in any situation. So I'm going to go ahead and say Tom Brady, 12, is probably playing this weekend, especially in Foxborough. I'm going to take the Patriots, and it's going to be dominant over the Jets. Yeah, even if they don't play the starters. I mean, even if they go back up, the, the Patriots are wrong. That team is definitely on a mission, so I don't see them stopping now. Another game that really doesn't matter, the New York Giants going to play the Washington Redskins. And here's something interesting I want to keep in mind. Pittsburgh fans need to be watching this one. Kirk Cousins, another potential quarterback to land in Pittsburgh. You got Washington. I'm going to take Washington in this one. New York, you know, they haven't been looking good at all, while the Washington Redskins have at least shown life this season. Yeah, Kirk Cousins will be gone after the season. He won't be a Redskin, I don't think. I mean, I think he'll be in Denver personally. Like you said, Mike, that makes sense. Depends on what happened. He could be in Pittsburgh. We don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna he's going to have tons of suitors. Tons. Tons. How about, so. the, how about this we're, great we're, rivalry? How about this great rivalry? We got Sunday kicking off at uh, – what, at 12 noon, the Dallas Cowboys traveling to the link in Philadelphia. We're going to have Cowboys-Eagles without Jerry, or without, uh, why am I already forgetting his name? Carson Wentz. Without Carson Wentz, the Cowboys could make this a game. Obviously, it doesn't matter for the Eagles, and I want to go ahead and obviously I'm going to take the Eagles in this one close. But I want your opinion on this, Mike. I believe that the Eagles, even though they've clinched the one seed, are the weakest one seed of the two. I believe the I don't even think that the Eagles make it out of the. Uh, honestly, they may not make it out of the division. I, I really don't. I, I would not be surprised to see the Eagles not make it to the NFC Championship. Mike, it, it might be very well could happen. I don't think so. I still think they're going to get hot and make it to the Super Bowl, but you're right, man. I mean, it could happen. Now, I definitely disagree on the weakest link. You know, it's the second season, man, so you kind of push reset there. Um, If you want to say, I wouldn't say weak, if you want to say kind of limping into the playoffs, maybe, but that's we don't know what's going to happen. That's before, you know, all the chips fall in place. We don't know if Detroit's going to limp in there. We don't know if Seattle's going to limp in there. So we just don't know yet. But as far as teams that are 
that has a position in the playoffs as we speak now. Yeah, it's probably the weakest team. That's for the I mean, position. now. Yeah, now, it takes a team over Mike. So they 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 play good football all the way around. So don't sleep on the Eagles. Let's be Mike. honest. Let's be honest though. The New York Giants hung around that tent, hung around that game a lot longer than any Philadelphia fan wanted them to. Definitely. Oh yeah, they've been playing. Yeah, they've been winning by the skin of their teeth. Don't get me wrong. Wins a win. Like I said, the postseason is the third season. We said. That's very true. That's very true. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars looking to beat the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee? I don't see anything for Mariota here. I think that Tennessee is going to have to bite their teeth and watch a few teams to see if they still do make the playoffs this year. Uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville in this one. Yeah, I think Jacksonville will try to get their edge back. Um, is it in Jacksonville? No, it's in Nashville. I don't know, man. Tennessee has a lot to play for. The uh, Marco Murray's hurt. That's not going to help. But they need this win to sure up a spot. And I don't know if Jacksonville is going to play all the players, you know, all the starters. So I'm going to say Tennessee right. gets this victory in the playoffs. Now, that's the well, if Tennessee the wins, playoffs. that's the thing. If Tennessee wins, it's over. Tennessee's locked up one of those two remaining slots that are up for grabs. Buffalo Bills want something to say about that against the Miami Dolphins down in Miami. Buffalo looking like the better team, obviously. I'm going to take Buffalo. Buffalo. Because I think uh, Jay Cutler wants out. He said he don't want to be a backup at all. He's not going to resign with them. It's just in a backup role. So I don't think he gets a good look. He's going to let it go. Speaking of people that have been around longer than they've had need, the swan song for Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati going to happen this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't think they send them out with a W. I think the Ravens win. I think the Ravens win big. Yeah. yeah. It's time to retool that team. The Ravens win big. Good luck to Marvin Lewis, the longest tenure head coach in the NFL. Uh, it, it's time. Great run. Cincinnati, he'll get another job, and he will do good again. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly it. Sometimes, you know, you just have to hit the reset button. Nothing against Marvin Lewis by any stretch of the imagination. The Raiders, who at one point were playing for playoff positioning, now have fallen. You know, they're out of it. Going to take on the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. But here's the thing. The Raiders have the chance to play spoiler to their division rival. I'm taking the Oakland Raiders in this one. Oh, it's hard to call. I'm going to say the Raiders, man. Because just because they had a disappointing season, Mike. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How about an NFC West matchup? You know these two teams very well. Arizona going to travel to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. You already said you don't think the Hawks are going to make it in the playoffs. Do they end their chances in this game? Does Arizona go into Seattle and win? No. I agree. No, sir. 
I think Seattle's going to be able to beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals are kind of beat up. They don't have AP. They're more decimated than Seattle is. Exactly. Exactly. That this is a team that once again, for all intents and purposes, should be making a playoff run. But unfortunately, you know, this game ain't played on paper as we've said many times. How about this one? The Los Angeles Rams gonna host the San Francisco forty ers Obviously a lot of news at play here. You know, you said earlier about Todd Gurley not playing. And a few of the Rams are not going to play in this game against the Niners. And then on the other side, you got Garoppolo undefeated. Can Garoppolo keep it going in Los Angeles? I'm going to take the Niners in this game. Swart man, Mike. You're undefeated thus far with the Niners. So am I. So is Garoppolo. It won't change. There we go. There we go. The Atlanta Falcons going to host the Carolina Panthers. Two playoff teams, two wild card playoff teams going at it this weekend as it stands right now. I said Atlanta is obviously the most uh, fragile of playoff teams as far as if they lose, Seattle could sneak in. And that's what Seattle's going to be watching if they end up winning, which we both said they would. Does Atlanta beat Carolina at home this Sunday night? and dash the chances of the Seattle Seahawks of making the playoffs. Yeah, I think Atlanta gets in. The defending uh, NFC champs, they're going to handle business and sneak in the playoffs. Here we go. The Kansas City Chiefs going out to Denver to take on the Broncos. The Chiefs finally, finally clinch a playoff spot this last week. I think the Chiefs probably, if any team needs to rest their players, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They can afford to take an L on this one. Go ahead and rest your boys, and let's get ready for the playoff run. I'm taking the Broncos in this one because hopefully Andy Reid's list. Yeah, take the Broncos. I think he'll rest everybody else. Just get them prepared. And the final game of the season non-playoff game of the season, I should say. At 3.25 p.m. Sunday, it's going to kick off. The New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to take on Jameis Winston and the most disappointing team in the NFL this season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. you got to take the Saints in this one. Easy. Yeah, Saints roll through Brees Field Day. I completely agree. Just think about it. This time next week, we'll know our national championship matchup, Mike, and we'll also know who will be in the playoffs. So we'll be ready to talk not only playoffs on both ends, but we'll be ready to talk some coaches who get fired next Monday, Black Monday. Don't forget, a very dark day in the NFL and a day that most coaches sit there and bite their fingernails hoping they don't get a phone call from the front office, but I feel like we'll be talking some coaching changes Monday as well in the NFL. Yes, sir, we will, Mike. Well, Mike, I think we pretty much covered everything this week that happened. And don't forget, you know, no American Idiots again next week, but we will have one week from tonight another Mike and Mike. Once again, for Mike Pettis, I'm Michael Carnahan. We hope you have a wonderful week, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year.